when life is just life, God is good. I like to lay back and look at the stars in the sky. How many of you have ever laid out at night and looked up at all the stars in the sky? This is what Isaiah said about those stars. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens, and who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. When life is just life, God is good. And so for those of you that have trouble finding something good in this created world that God has given us, don't call the world bad because you forgot to clean your glasses. Look around and you'll see the goodness of God. But then, as I think of my time with Jesus, it was unlike any other. My life was good until then, and yet I still had to learn that when life is good, God is good. I grew up around the Sea of Galilee, and most of my friends were fishermen. We enjoyed our time in the boat together. In fact, one of my best friends was named Philip. You'll meet him if you read in the Bible his account. And one day, I just happened to be sitting underneath a fig tree. And I was praying, because I'd heard about all the, the news that Jesus had come. This prophet, this teacher. And as I sat there praying, asking for God to bless his people Israel, it was Philip who found me, and he said, you've got to come. You've got to meet this Jesus who, he's the Messiah. And I'm the one who asked, can anything good come from a city like Nazareth? And yet, when I approached him, he looked at me and said, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guilt. I said, how do you know me? You know what he said? I saw you when you were underneath the fig tree praying. I knew in that moment he was not just special. He really was the son of God. I was the first one out of all the disciples to say so. And I was so thankful for my friend Philip who took me to meet Jesus that day. But that wasn't all that we did with Jesus. One of the first things he did, he took us nearby to a town named Cana. And there was a great wedding. And we got to see Miracle there, his very first. But that was just the beginning. We saw him touch people that could not walk and raise them to their feet. And from their feet, they went to, to dancing and leaping and shouting and praising God. We saw him approach those begging on the side of the road because they could not see. And he gave them their sight back. Those that were deaf could hear. Those who were dead were brought back to life. In the time that we spent with Jesus, three years, we walked together. We logged over 3,125 miles together. He made us a, a team of friends. And yet out of all those 3,125 miles, the hardest walk was still to come. As he neared his departure from this earth, he planned a time to be with all of us as disciples. And so he prepared a meal in an upper room. And there we sat sharing all the, the, the wonderful stories of the time we'd spent together. We shared the wonderful food of a, of a Passover meal. But then Jesus said something that shocked us all. One of you around this table will betray me. <laughs> How could he say that? 
We'd given up our home. We'd given up our jobs. We'd given up our families, everything to follow him. And so we ask one by one, Lord, is it me? None of us had a notion in our heart that we would betray him. You see, we all knew what betrayal meant. It meant turning your back on someone you care about in a time of need. It meant turning a person over to an enemy. And Jesus knew that still one of us would betray him. And he knew it would happen that night. After dinner, Jesus called a few of us uh, out of the room to go to an inner part of the garden. And the rest of us spent time in the garden just a little further away as, as he prayed. And, and, and he knew it was going to be in that very garden that he would be arrested who goes somewhere knowing something bad is going to happen to them? And yet Jesus went. He knew that something bad and terrible would begin to happen to him there. Maybe that's why Jesus is such a good friend. Maybe that's why he would never betray us. Maybe that's why he really is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He knew that he would be betrayed. He knew that he would be arrested and he knew that he would be beaten and mocked and after that he would be crucified, nailed to a cross to die. We watched a lot of the first part happen, but we all scattered and ran. Later on, we saw Mary and I've never seen a mother cry such bitter tears. We all wept because it wasn't just a friendship, it was a love within our hearts that we had for Jesus. We were all brokenhearted, and we need to learn. Even when life is sad, God is good. God is good even when life is sad. As a matter of fact, Jesus had told us not long before that night he was arrested, not long before all the, the evil and bad things happened to him, he said this to us. In me you can have peace. But here on this earth you'll have many trials and sorrows. But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. That's the great news. Our friend, our Savior Jesus has overcome the world. What does it mean though to overcome the world? It means he was willing to go some excruciating pain to make an incredible sacrifice for each of us to take the punishment for our sins for all the wrong things that we do. Now you young people will remember but you parents are probably wondering why I walked on stage with this bucket. What was in the bucket? Do you guys remember? Rocks. Our sins are a lot like these rocks. Now if I ask you once again What's unique about these? Are they clean or dirty? Dirty. You know, our sins are like the dirt that covers a rock taken out of the earth because our sins make our hearts dirty. And dirty hearts cannot approach God. Dirty hearts separate us from God. What do you notice about the texture of the rock? Rocks are, they're hard. Nobody who picked up a rock that day thought, hmm, this is a mushy rock. This is a soft rock. And the sin that we have in our life can make our hearts hard as well. What else did we say about the rock? Do you remember? They're hard. They were dirty. They're heavy. Can you imagine everywhere you go in life carrying around one of these? 
And can you imagine carrying more than one of them or a sack upon your back or multiple buckets of rocks throughout your life? Because that's what we do when we have sin in our life. And Jesus said, I came to take your burden, to take the weight of your sin away from you. This stone, as heavy as it is, compares nothing to all of the stones altogether. Every time you disobey your parents, it's a rock. Every time you get in a fight with a brother or a sister or a friend, it's a rock. Every time you think a mean thought or even a mean word, it becomes another rock. And if you had to carry the weight of every sin in your life, it would crush you. But you know, Jesus came and He was crushed. The Bible says this in Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was crushed for our iniquities. And when Jesus went to the cross, He bore the punishment for our sin so that we would not have to carry them anymore. Think about how heavy your sins would be without Jesus. One of the most beautiful sounds I heard was when each young person on Thursday came and took one of these rocks and held it in their hand with their eyes closed and thought about a a sin that they had. And then as we played a song, Together, they went one by one as I tapped them on the shoulder to the foot of the cross. And they said, God is good. You know, Jesus paid for the weight of my sin and they dropped it. And then they returned and with their eyes closed, they listened to the next child drop their rock until soon every child had dropped their burden at the foot of the cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. See, when life was sad, God made a way to show us how good He truly truly was. When he died upon the cross, the whole text of Isaiah 53.5, it says this. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds were healed. That's the good news. That's what changes life from a burden and into a blessing. But that wasn't the end of the story. We know that when life is sad, God is good. But because of how great that goodness is, the story continued. He was taken to a tomb and placed within it. Three days later, the friends of Jesus went back to visit that tomb to anoint His body with perfume, to make a good burial for it. And when they found Him, what they found was an angel that said this to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. And if there was ever good news to sing, to shout about, that was it. Because of Jesus, we can remember that God is good and He gives us a reason to celebrate every day. 
Is your heart celebrating today because you've dropped the burden of your sin at the foot of the cross? Now let me step out of the character of Bartholomew. This is Bill Warax talking to you. Friends, you were never made to carry the weight of your sin. And you were never meant to have a life that didn't make ripples in this life. Traditions say that Bartholomew, he went on to minister with the gospel and the good news of the forgiveness of God and how God is good to the people in Armenia, to Turkey, to Azerbaijan, and ultimately to Mumbai in India. And thousands heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Though the tradition varies on how he was martyred, he gave his very life serving God. They all agree and say that at some point he was flayed. Some say he was beheaded. Others that he was crucified like Peter, upside down. But what they all agree upon was the date that he gave his life for Jesus. It was day one on the Coptic calendar. 9-11. Friends, it was Jim Elliott who said he's no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And so as we sing a song of dedication this morning, my question to you is this. Are you tired? Are you ready to let go of your burden, young or old this morning, to say, Jesus, what you accomplished for me on the cross, I accept. And I look to you as my Lord and Savior as I give up the burden of my sin. I'm going to ask our worship leaders if they would come back up this morning and lead us in that time. There's something before that? Okay.